And if we can understand that we are not the industry we're in and we're not the label, we're not the title of our occupation, but rather we are in the business of marketing that thing, then we'll realize that the most important skill set is in selling that thing, whether it's a product, program, service, physical product, digital product. And that's really the first skill set to get good at. Plug into the minds of the world's cutting-edge innovators, visionaries, and thought leaders, rewriting the rules of high performance at work. It's your time to make an impact. I am your host, Jason Campbell, and this is Superhumans at Work, a Mind Valley podcast. Hi, everybody. This is Jason Mark Campbell. Welcome back to Superhumans at Work. I have a fantastic online marketer, entrepreneur, and celebrity here in Southeast Asia. Peng Jun is a best-selling author, serial entrepreneur, and international speaker. And I'm so excited to have him come speak about a topic that's so close to my heart because I'm someone who's all about sales. And I've also done a lot of work in marketing. And what we wanted to discuss today is the realities of those who might have an interest in making money online. Now, Peng Jun is the founder of a Malaysian internet company called Smobble. It does online entrepreneurship. He is the go-to guy when it comes to social media, traffic generation, web design, video production, and he's a recognized authority on how to make big money through the internet. In less than seven years, he's actually built an eight-figure business through his online empire. He's educated thousands of people around the world, and he's going to be here to share some of his story on how he started with $400 a month career, shifting to an online business where now he's shared the stage with such as Richard Branson, Tony Robbins, Robert Kiyosaki, Brian Tracy, Les Brown, to just name a few. I'm ready for this conversation. I know everybody listening in are excited as well. Peng Jun, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Now, I love your story because you really started with a background that you were very much, you're a self-proclaimed nerd. You're super into video games. You're super into like superheroes. You made a kind of leap into business entrepreneurship. And I kind of wanted to understand that transition. So you went from career and you decided to take your passions around video game and create something online. Can you walk us through how that happened? So. Well, when I first started out, it wasn't about passion, right? It was just about how can I make more money, pay the bills. So it just happened to be my passion at that time. I wasn't thinking about changing the world or doing something I love. It was doing whatever that pays the bills. And it so happened, the coincidence was that what sparked that dream and ambition was when I saw somebody else doing it, selling a digital product at $37, teaching people how to play World of Warcraft. And there was just that, you know, and I thought, hey, maybe if this guy could do it, if I could do a fraction of what he did, then perhaps I could make some side income online. I would, I would be really happy if I could make like a thousand dollars a month doing that. And that would be a life changer. But little did I know. So I started creating my own Microsoft Word file back then, turned it into a PDF. And I didn't think it would sell well. So I put it up for just seven dollars. And now back then, pre-Facebook, pre-social media, it was all MySpace and Google AdWords. So I started looking up how to drive traffic utilizing article marketing and AdWords and, and MySpace. And I remember it was about a couple of months of trying to figure things out. After my nine to five, I will be working on my new website and trying to learn how to do copy and running ads. And it took me about six months to make my first $7 sale. And that was when I was getting ready to go to work. It was like 6.30 in the morning. And I remember checking my email back then. And I saw this PayPal notification. And it said, notification of payment received. 
And I remember opening it up 6.30 in the morning and I just couldn't believe it. it said that I just made my first $7. And I was so excited. I was still living with my parents and I went over, you know, 6.30 a.m., went over to my mom's room. I said, mom, I just made my first sale online. And she's like, June, which is what she calls like, what's going on? And I took up my laptop and I said, look, I just made them. And she said, it's 6.30 a.m. And it took you six months to make $7 online. You know, <laughs> and she went back to sleep. Uh, it was no big deal for her, but it was a life-changing moment for me, even though it was not a life-changing amount. Because I knew that if I could make that happen once, I could make that happen again and again and again. And that's really how it all started. This is a great story, by the way. Thank you for sharing. And it's obviously a very humble beginning because now you have this like massive empire and you do a ton of these online sales. But this brings the question because anybody who's been wanting to start doing online business, wanting to do online sales, we get bombarded with messages and marketing that's like generate thousands of dollars instantly, easily with no effort, no money required. And it's almost like the marketing is so aggressive about how quick and easy you're supposed to be making it when there's obviously going to be some time delays, there's some things you need to develop. So what's your opinion about what we see on the internet and how was that translated to your reality on how you were able to achieve success? I think there needs to be a balance between, first of all, creating a really good hook because that is marketing without a good hook, a good promise or the result on a payoff on the headline, on the thumbnail, people are not going to watch, right? So as marketers, we need to understand how to have that balance between getting somebody's attention but at the same time, making sure that it's not based upon, you know, hype or overpromising something, ultimately giving them what they want, but also what they need on the back end so that we have a good balance between marketing, but also the delivery of the promise. Mm. I think it's very crucial because it's so easy to make these big promises and you see those pop up all over the place. And whenever you're out there and you're telling people about this journey about making money online, if we're talking about like in your case, it took six months to make $7. Now, I do feel there's probably ways we could accelerate that, but what is a realistic way that somebody progressive, if they're starting to do sales online and they want to get into this online space, what are the first things they typically need to start learning? Learning how to sell. So I always say this, when somebody is in a specific market or industry, most people label themselves based on the title or the profession. They might say, you know what? I'm a chiropractor. I'm in the restaurant business. I'm in the brick and mortar business. I own a restaurant. Without realizing that the business that we're really in, if you are an entrepreneur, is you're not a chiropractor. You're in the business of marketing a chiropractic business. And if we can understand that we are not the industry we're in and we're not the label, we're not the title of our occupation, but rather we are in the business of marketing that thing, then we'll realize that the most important skill set is in selling that thing, whether it's a product, program, service, physical product, digital product. And that's really the first skill set to get good at. Most people are obsessed about the sales process. Oh, should I be utilizing free plus shipping, a webinar funnel, application funnel? That is just going to amplify your message. But it doesn't matter what traffic strategy you're adopting. It doesn't matter what sales funnel you're using. But if your messaging sucks, you're just going to amplify something that sucks. So it all begins with getting good with your message. You're speaking to the choir. I mean, I'm all about sales. I think that is the master skill as well. So yes, learning to sell first, because like you said, everybody's kind of obsessed with either an automated process or like the easy way to get more people to find out about what you're doing. But if it's not actually changing anybody who sees you into a sale, then you're kind of just spinning your wheel, right? 
And so if someone's looking to do this, what is one of the biggest mistakes people make if they're going out there, they're trying to sell something online and they just, they're all over the place. They don't even know what to start. Is it about we're finding my sales skill? Is it about finding the people? What am I supposed to do? I would say the starting step is really getting clarity on who do you serve and what is the result you help them generate. So most of the time when you begin a conversation on any platform, right? It could be Clubhouse today, it could be on Facebook ad. But most of the time, if you were to ask somebody to introduce themselves and what it is that they do, most people would say, well, I'm a lawyer, I am a property agent. The thing about the online world is that most people don't care about your title. The only thing people care about is what is the result you help them generate. So whether it's through your products, your programs, your services, your mastermind, your coaching, begin with that first. Get clear on the messaging on who you're targeting, who you're speaking to, the results you're able to help them generate. And then from there, that's when you can link it to what it is that you do through your content, through your storytelling, and through your offers. I'm curious to know, because a lot of people, if I'm doing some sort of product or service online, I hear a lot of times that the default is like, oh yeah, but you know, anybody can have, I'm selling to everybody, like anybody can take this and have success with it or can have that result with it. But I know you speak a lot more about like niche marketing. So could you identify what that differentiation is and how do you get clear on what that niche is? Yeah, so a very common mistake is when somebody starts out, they think, and I made the same mistake, so that's why I'm saying this. A very common mistake is that to assume to make more money, I need to go broader without realizing that being broad and being a generalist weakens you, does not strengthen you. And I'll give you an example. You have an offer for a digital marketing agency running Facebook ads for somebody. It seems like the intuitive thing to do would be to say, I help anyone, any business owner who wants help with digital marketing with Facebook ads. However, the problem is, then the objection is going to be, so why should I work with you when there's probably 100,000 other digital agencies that does the same thing? But imagine if I went deep rather than broad and I said, I work with network marketers or real estate agents or gym owners or plastic surgeons, and I just chose a specific market or niche or audience, right? By getting more leads through Facebook ads. Now, when I'm speaking to that target audience, so whether it's that plastic surgeon or gym owners or real estate agent or network marketer, and when they're coming back to me saying, so why should I work with you when there's so many other people who does Facebook ads well? My answer can be, it is because I only work with people like you and I understand the industry, the needs, your struggles, your paying government regulation, and I can help you create targeted messaging ads that is compliant with your industry by really understanding your struggles and your pain points. So that is the difference. So that's what I mean by if you're starting out, you got to niche down and go deep rather than going broad because going broad initially will weaken you. It does not strengthen you. Figure out who that specific market is first. And eventually when you dominate that initial market, that is when you would have permission to go broader. I love it. I forget who says this quote that says, if you're trying to sell to everyone, you're selling to no one, right? Yeah. Hey, everybody that listens to Superhumans at Work, know that all of these episodes are recorded with a live studio audience. Mind Valley members get a chance to join these sessions with the author themselves while we record these sessions. And at the end of every show, they actually get to participate in a Q&A session as well. 
If ever you're interested in joining Mindvalley All Access and become a member yourself, you'll get access to all the incredible courses from Mindvalley and so much more to be involved with Superhumans at Work, the Mindvalley podcast, and all the other incredible features when you become a member. We are disrupting the way that education works for the 21st century, and we want you to be a part of it. Go to mindvalley.com forward slash superhuman so you can learn more about this incredible offer, which will cost you less than $2 a day. That's mindvalley.com forward slash S-U-P-E-R-H-U-M-A-N. When I'm thinking, okay, so now I understand, let's say I'm jumping into the space of online or I'm already in the online space. I've understood that the first thing I should think about is I need to get good at selling, which obviously means understanding how to get a conversion, how to get somebody to say yes to whatever it is, the offer of the product that you're offering. Now we want the first step, which is like, well, let's be clear on who we're selling to. So now we know exactly how we get to sell them. But then how do you start finding where these people are and how do you get them to come to you? What are some of the latest tactics that are very applicable in today's market on being able to get more people to discover who you are, what you do? Because someone starting is like, yeah, nobody knows me. If I'm doing this digital marketing and I'm trying to get chiropractors, nobody knows who I am. I have nothing online. What should I be great, looking at starting great with? Great question. So it all begins with, first of all, understanding what traffic is online. My traffic is just really about entering a conversation that's already taking place somewhere. This conversation could be in a Facebook group. It could be because somebody's doing a search on Google or YouTube. It could be because somebody's networking with each other on LinkedIn, making a post somewhere. So before we even think about like, how do I get more leads and traffic? It's just, where are my ideal audiences hanging? Are they on Facebook? Is it because they like a specific page, author, celebrity? Is it because they're part of a specific Facebook group? Are they professionals hanging out on LinkedIn? Are they right now doing a specific search on Google? Therefore, I want to be able to create a piece of video or content so that they can find me by entering that conversation. So the first thing I want to think about is, where's my ideal audience hangout? Now, once I have that answered, then the next thing I'll do is to understand, to enter that conversation is only one of these two things. It is either, number one, creating a piece of content that's a pattern interrupt. So this could be creating a piece of content or ad where somebody's scrolling on Facebook, on Instagram, they're scrolling, 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 scrolling. And then because they like this specific organization or software or interest or author or celebrity, my ad now is going to interrupt their attention. And because they like that author, interest, celebrity, page, a thought leader, the likelihood of them being interested in what it is they have to offer is high. Therefore, that is how I'm going to get their attention. So that's the first angle, right? Let's say I'm into real estate or public speaking. I could be targeting somebody that likes Toastmasters, public speaker trainers, Tony Robbins, right? Because based on the interest, there's a likelihood that they might like what it is that I have to offer. That's the first angle, okay? So based on pattern interrupt. The second angle is to think about, do you want to target your audiences based on search or intention, right? So this could be based on when somebody's doing a search on Google or YouTube, back to this real estate agent example. So that was a real estate agent looking to get or sell more houses in LA, what would I do? I would create videos, optimize it so that it ranks either on YouTube or repurpose it and submit it to third-party sites so that it gets ranked for a specific keyword. So for example, property prices in location name, my prediction for 2021, you know, a video that it gets optimized for search so that 
when somebody is watching a related video on YouTube or if somebody's doing a search on Google, have the piece of content optimized so that Google recommends this article or piece of content on YouTube. So all types of content is only just one of these two angles. Is it based on pattern interrupt or is it based on search where I want to be able to create content that enters that conversation? So I want to be able to create content that is optimized, that is keyword rich, that ranks for a specific keyword. Now, these two angles, they're very different approaches. Pattern interrupts are usually paid ads. They're usually short-term. You pay $100 a day, you'll get immediate results and you'll know instantly if it's profitable. On the other hand, if it's based on search, it's a long-term play. Think of it as kind of like creating a piece of asset where you're building a property where you get to collect rent in perpetuity if it's optimized and if it's good. So this could be a YouTube video that constantly gets you more views, more reach, more clicks over time. You're not going to see immediate results overnight. You're not going to see results in a week, a month, especially if you're just starting out. It's a long-term play. It's like participating in a marathon. It's going to be a couple of years before you start seeing that free traffic going into your funnel. So ultimately, you need to play both games and have a good mix of these two things in order to be able to maximize your reach and visibility. I love that. So many insights for people that are just getting started in online marketing, but I need to bring it from the other side. You might be saying this, and let's say for me, you know, my family has like swimming pool business, right? When they hear this, they're like, oh my God, this sounds overwhelming. I'm not in the online marketing space. I understand I have to do sales, but this seems a little overwhelming. And it's like, okay, I got the YouTube, the paid ads, the interrupt. Do you have any idea on like if someone's wanting to get started but needs it to be simple and doesn't need too many options, do you recommend people to work with an agency? Is it something that you suggest companies, even if it's not their primary, to develop those skills in-house? And if that's the case, is there a place you would start? Yeah, I will begin with this. I think one of the most common mistakes that business owners, CEOs, and entrepreneurs make is that they feel that this skill set of either social media or ads or funnels, they are too good for it. And because, hey, look at me, I'm the CEO and I shouldn't be looking at Facebook ads. I shouldn't be dabbling with social media. I shouldn't be... And here's the problem, right? The way I think about this is kind of like receiving your financial accounts as a business owner at the end of the year. So for example, when my auditor passes me the year-end accounts, the balance sheet, the P&L, the financial statements... I know how to read those statements to see if we had a good year, right? But I don't know how to prepare it. Now, I think about skill sets in online marketing as the same thing. For those of you that's listening to this right now, you could be a business owner. You could be a CEO. You could have 70 people in your organization. But a very common mistake is when people think about digital marketing, you think, oh, oh, wait a second, I'm the CEO. It's my marketing guy that should be taking care of stuff like that. Or it should be my freelancer, or it should be this agency that outsource Facebook ads to that should be handling this. And while eventually that should be the case, question is, are you able to set the KPIs or be able to understand if they gave you a report and you know what to look out for in order to determine if the campaign or the sales funnel or the Facebook ad budget, did it make sense? And do you know what are the right questions to ask if you want to be able to really understand in depth on how to take things to the next level, right? So this is where the skill set 
of funnels and ads is crucial, not because you want to be the person inside the funnel building software to understand where to drag and drop. It's not because you need to be in the Facebook ads campaign manager looking to ad sets, looking at the CPMs and those numbers. It's not about doing all of that, but it's about understanding from a big picture perspective that if you were to outsource this, if you were to ask a freelancer, a digital agency to do it, or if you train somebody in-house to do it, are they doing a good job if you were to let go of that? And would you know what would be the right questions to ask and the things to look out for if you did? And that is why this skill set is important. It's not because you need to be doing it, but because you need to understand what is required in order to scale it. I love it. And you know, I worked for Mindvalley for a long time and I've seen like Vishen Lakhiani that was the founder CEO of Mindvalley. He would jump into these marketing campaigns and he would jump into all these aspects because he understood how important it was to keep an eye on it. And usually as the founder owner or someone that really cares about the final bottom line for the company, you can always add a few more elements, which I wanted to bring in a personal story of yours, which is uh, we were talking just before, you actually might have found yourself within Mind Valley, but you had a story that brought you to what you're doing now, which is so much amazing. And I want you to share that because I think it'd be very inspiring for a lot of Mind Valley followers. Yeah, it is amazing. So I was just sharing with Jason before we officially went live that I actually applied to work in Mind Valley back in 2007 or so. Now, this was about a year plus working my first job that paid me 1,200 ringgit. And I can tell you very honestly, I actually felt very intimidated and I felt like, you know what? I'm probably not good enough to apply and work in Mind Valley, so I'll probably not get accepted. And, and this would happen. I never, I never got a reply. But yeah, I think, you know, things happen for a reason. But it's true. I actually applied for Mind Valley over a decade ago because that was one of the dream places I want to work at. And now you've actually started doing all the content that you're doing now to help other individuals who are looking to go online. What is the best place that people can find you, learn more from you? Because we already covered a ton of stuff today. And I want to just give you a space so that if anybody wants to go deeper into this conversation and continue that with you, what would be the best places for them to find um, you? You can follow me on Instagram. Just uh, handles my name at pingjun. Perfect. We'll make sure to include that into the show notes as well. And I just want to give a big thank you, Peng Jun, for sharing these insights. I think it's powerful for everybody. And I know because we have our live audience that is here, they're listening. We have a lot of questions that are going to be specific to their case studies. So I can't wait for us to go to the Q&A portion. Of course, if you're listening to this on the podcast, if you want to become a Mindvalley member, go to mindvalley.com forward slash superhuman. That's S-U-P-E-R. H-U-M-A-N, and you'll be able to see how you can become a member and join these live conversations where you can have these Q&A functions as well. And as a recap, I really love the insights we talked about here, which is number one, you're not in the business that you think you are. You're in the business of selling the business that you're in. And that's why the skill of sales is the number one thing that you should develop if you're looking to sell online. We talked about the different things that you should develop, such as identity, identify exactly who are the people you want to reach. What is that niche? Making sure that if you go broad, you're probably not going to make as much effect as if you go deep. Find exactly who you want to serve so you have a message that can really be able to resonate with the people you want to reach. And of course, if you're trying to find the ways to be able to get more traffic, as Peng Jun defined, you can really do disruptive interruption-based marketing, which usually comes from paid ads, which bring immediate results, but obviously the budget goes in and then it is gone. 
if you want to go towards the other approach, which is building long-term assets, whether it's publishing content via video, via written, these are ways you can build more long-term success. It takes more time. I love the story from Paint June where you actually went out and it took six months for getting your first sale, which means if you're going in the space online, take your time. You have skills to learn. You have trial and error. And once you start having your first transactions, you can see that you can build something that is quite incredible, very similar to Peng Jun's current story. Of course, go to find him on Instagram, Peng Jun at Peng Jun, and you'll be able to send him a message, tell him what you've learned today. Peng Jun, thank you so much again for coming on the show. This was such a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Once again, everybody, thanks for tuning in to Superhumans at Work. I'm very grateful for all of you who tune in on a regular basis, listening to these amazing interviews with these guests that I get to find. Now, if you're subscribed to the show, definitely leave us a review if you can and share it with friends so that we can spread the message and get more people to be able to learn of these fantastic ideas that they can bring in their everyday life. And these episodes, of course, are brought to you by Mindvalley. When you go to mindvalley.com forward slash superhuman, you get to discover the transformational education that we get to deliver where we bring the best technology, the best teachers, and ensure that it teaches you what leads to a truly incredible life. Thanks again for tuning in and watching the show. And until next time, stay superhuman. My name is Jason Campbell, and this is Superhumans at Work, a Mindvalley podcast.